love you and we bless you and we thank you. And Father, we ask that you break open the bread of life for your people here today. And Lord, I just thank you for your word. We want to hear from heaven so that we can be healed in every way, spiritually, mentally, and physically. In every way that you can help us, we want your help. And we receive it, Father. And we thank and praise you and we give you all the honor and glory. And Holy Spirit, you are welcome in this place always. And we thank and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, God says that you've dwelled in this place long enough. Amen. Amen. Now, a lot of people would get in the flesh and say, yeah, that's right. It's time for me to move on. Well, (laughs) spiritually speaking, amen. Spiritually speaking, you have dwelled in this place long enough. Why don't we turn to the book of Deuteronomy? And our text will come out of Deuteronomy 1, verse 1. Hallelujah. And God was uh, talking to um, really the second generation of Israelites because the first generation had pretty much <laughs> fizzled out. <laughs> well, I think this is the, set, the first generation about to fizzle out. And so they had uh, done things their way. They'd been disobedient like a lot of us, like all of us when we started out amen but then we learned not to be disobedient to the voice of god but they had an 11 day journey that took them 40 years can you believe that the 11 day journey that took them 40 years amen but god kept telling them the same thing i have given you this land amen i have given you this land go and possess it So let's start at verse 2 of Deuteronomy chapter 1. Hallelujah. It says, It is 11 days' journey from Horeb by way of Mount Seir to Kadesh, Barnea. And now it came to pass in the 40th year and the 11th month on the first day of the month that Moses spoke to his children of Israel according to all that the Lord had given him as commandments to him. And after he had killed uh, Sihon, king, uh, king of the Amorites, who dwelled in Heshbon, and Og, king of Basham, who dwelt at er, what's that? Ashtaroth in Israel. In verse 5, and on the side of the Jordan, in the land of Moab, Moses began to explain this law, saying, and I'm in verse 6. The Lord our God spoke to us in Horeb, saying, You have dwelt here long enough at this mountain. Hallelujah. Prophetic statement. You have dwelt here at this place or at this mountain long enough. Hallelujah. And let's go down to, well, I'll just read seven. And it says, Turn and take your journey and go to the mountains of the Amorites to all the neighboring places in the plain, in the mountains, and in the low land, in the south, and on the seacoast to the land of the Canaanites, and to Lebanon as far as the great river and the river Euphrates. And verse 8 says, See, I have set or I have given the land before you. Go in and possess the land 
which the Lord swore to your fathers, to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, to give to them and their descendants after them. Amen. So I just want you to pay close attention to verse 2, where it says, It is the 11 days' journey from Horeb by way of Mount Seir to Kadesh Barnum. And then on verse 6, says, The Lord our God spoke to us in Horeb, saying, You have dwelt long enough at this mountain. And in verse 8 says, See, I have set the land, or I've given you the land before you. I've given the land before you. Go in and possess the land. Nobody likes these kind of teachings. Sometimes they get under my skin. And I surely don't like to elaborate on them too much because you get the, the understanding that there is something that God wants you to do. And you feel it too, but you don't know quite what to do and so what we normally do is we shrink back in fear or we get angry or we continue to feel lost or sometimes we just feel like God is not with us or he just didn't hear us here he is again he's giving me instructions and this time I don't even know what the instruction is amen but God is with us amen the Bible says he is with us as a mighty terrible one he never leaves us nor forsakes us. And so if he is saying, go forth in my name, then he means exactly that. I've given you the land to possess it. Amen. So in other words, do what you have to do, but you've been here too long. Amen. In other words, it's time for a change. It's time for renewal. It's time to get blessed. No more trickle-down blessings, but it's time for a haul. Amen? Hallelujah. Praise God. It's time for you to get totally delivered and set free. It is time for that thing that you have been praying for for so many years to come to pass. And we just wish it could happen without our intervention. God, just do it. Amen? But there is a part for us and a part for God. And without us, it just can't happen. Now, God can do anything. He don't need us to do anything. But we have a part in this because he's given us a part in this. Amen. And sometimes it's simpler than you think. Amen. But see, that spirit of fear that follows us and it builds up in us and it causes us to just wane out. A lot of people just rather quit than to get to where we are now. They just rather say, you know what? I fought a good fight. Well, Paul kept going. Amen. He didn't quit. It's easier to quit sometimes than to follow God wholly and get his plan. But you know what? I believe God wants us to be relaxed and to just not worry because he'll get us through this. Amen. Hallelujah. God has a vision for us. He has um, plan, a plan and a purpose for our life. And he aims to or he is going to get us where we're supposed to be. It's as easy as crying out. You got the answer. You can go home. Crying out. Amen. Hallelujah. Stay at the feet of Jesus until you get your instructions. But see, what we do is we get up too quickly. 
because we want to we want to get this thing going well god wants to get it going more than you know but he also wants to have time time with us amen he wants you to put some trust in there and some interest in the relationship cultivate the relationship where he knows you and you know him he just wants to whisper things in our ear he wants us to hunger and thirst after him like a deer pant for water to beef up the relationship he wants us to go away with him like because we're the bride amen he's the bridegroom come away with him he wants us to just stretch ourselves where we'll trust him totally 100 percent amen go on a honeymoon with him amen and it's just you and him where he'll know you and you'll know him see if we spend more time with god we won't be afraid of him and we won't be afraid of what he's gonna do what he's gonna say he gonna heal you that's what he gonna do he gonna save you he gonna deliver you he gonna set you free that's what he's gonna do amen praise god hallelujah that's all he's gonna do but he wants time time with us because he wants to prove himself to us he can just do things he can do things really quick but he wants to prove himself to us he wants to bring the best out of us amen and he wants to use us in this great harvest this next move of god is going to be more than what we could ever see or hope or think and god wants to use us so not only is he blessing us and giving us the desires of our hearts and giving us the biggie but he's also uh, pruning us and teaching us so that we can go out and be a part of this great harvest amen so it's all about relationship our relationship with him amen and so god wants to give us a clear vision amen he wants us to renew our minds so that he'll give us a clear vision amen so you've come out of slavery and assembled yourselves and this is what he told the the people in deuteronomy 1 he says but i still want to deliver you i want to set you apart for kingdom purposes and this is what he wants us for amen hallelujah you've been at this mountain too long hallelujah he wants us to start to speak speak his promises out amen he told us this yesterday i I really had a a good time yesterday preaching that amen you know he wants us to speak when you speak a thing especially when god has already spoken it whatever's already been spoken you speak life it's you know god speaks life on promises and so do we we have the same um the same power in our mouth so we speak uh power and life to the promises of god and so you can see how we need to do all of these things instead of just sitting waiting sitting at the mountain because the mountain looks so big this is one thing about mountains they look bigger than they really are mountains look scary and they don't look like you can get around them you certainly can't go through them because you know you just can't but i'm telling you you can move mountains out of your way with your mouth amen with your strength 
with your power and with your belief. Faith moves all things. Faith can move every mountain that there is. And so God really is empowering us to do more. He wants us to trust him more. He wants us to put our hand to the plow and move these obstacles out of our way. Sometimes when we get to the mountain like the children of Israel, they just decided to go back. They started to desire Pharaoh's house again. They said, well, look at God. He brought us here to let the Amorites and the Canaan, whoever they were, kill us. Because God had brought them to a certain point. And they were there at this specific place. And they decided to stay because they no longer desired to fight. They no longer desired the promises of God. You know, they just kind of petered out. But God is saying in this hour, he is saying, don't quit and don't give up. Amen. Press forward and keep going because the, the, the ending is closer than it looks. You know, mountains, mountains just look tough. They just look hard. But I'm telling you that mountains can be brought down with one, one tongue, one one word, one word of the tongue. I'm speechless. But I'm telling you, we have to start to trust God. You know, if you're at a place where this mountain is in front of you and you don't know what to do and you know you've dwelled at this place long enough, then sit at the foot of Jesus and he will give you instructions. I know he will speak into your spirit. He'll strengthen you. He'll give you um, the right uh, tools that you need. He'll tell you what to do. But sit there. And if you don't hear, well, what if I don't hear anything? Stay there. You will hear God's voice. Amen. Stay there until you get something from God. Your next instruction is just a, a minute away from you. But don't ever give up on God. God is not giving up on you. He's not, listen, it's like this is what he told me. He said, I would not have told you to do this if you couldn't get it done. Amen. Your prayers are strong. Your prayers are strong. You have the right thing to get this job done. Nothing is impossible for you or for me. Nothing is impossible. God can bring it to pass. Amen. Put your amen. Put your faith and trust in God. So you've been at this mountain long enough. So put your words on it. Whatever God has promised you, put your words on it and command it to move. Because your words have power. Hallelujah. When God spoke into the bisque, there was nothing but darkness. And he said, let there be. And we have that same creative let in our mouths. And when we speak a thing, it is so. It gives life to any promise that's been sitting there. I don't care if it's a 20-year promise, a 30-year promise. It doesn't matter how old the promise is. When you speak life to whatever it is. When you speak the word, you speak life to whatever it is that God has promised you. Amen. Let's go to Mark 11. Never give up and know that God is with you. He's never left you. 
you just feel lonely, but he has not left you. Amen. Hallelujah. He has never left you, and he never will. Mark eleven twenty three, and we know, we know what the scripture says. And so God is really telling us to to do Mark eleven twenty three, Amen. When you don't know what to do, <laughs> number one, put your mouth to something. Let the redeem of the Lord say so. And so you say whatever it is that God has told you he's going to do. You start confessing it. You start declaring it. And this is what we mean by say so. You know, if God has said it, you believe it, you receive it, you recite it, and you put the word on the promise, and you'll see it manifest. Amen? If you're, you're at a, a roadblock where you feel like this mountain is in your way, you know, I'm a, this is what it tells you to do, Mark eleven twenty three, Hallelujah. It says, for the assembly, uh, I'm, I'm sorry, it says, for assuredly, I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea, and does not doubt. There's our problem. Does not doubt. You tell the devil, I, you put doubt in me long enough, and I am not going to doubt anymore. Amen. It's as simple as making a decision not to doubt anymore. You know you doubt, so make a decision not to doubt. How about that? Amen. Do not doubt. That's most of our problem is doubting. Hallelujah. So say to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea and do not doubt in your heart. Doubt will come over your mind. But don't let it settle into your heart. Amen. When you start, let me tell you how you know you have doubt is when you start getting discouraged. When you start to feel discouraged, that means that you have doubt. Root it out. Get the, put the word on that doubt. Put the word on that discouragement. Amen. Hallelujah. It says, but believe that those things he says he will, that, that will, he says will be done. He will have you will he will have whatsoever you say. I don't know what's wrong with me today. Let me do that again. Twenty three. Number one, uh, at the end of twenty two, it says have faith in God. That's our whole problem. Amen. Not faith in the situation going wrong. Don't have faith in something might happen. You know, have faith in God. Whatever God has promised, He is well able to bring it to pass. Amen. And then it says, do not doubt. Amen. Stay to this mountain. Start speaking. So have faith in God. Start to speak to the mountain. And and do not doubt in your heart. If you could write those three things down. Amen. It says, do not doubt in your heart. But believe that those things that he says will be done. And this is a principle of the kingdom of God. And if it's a principle, it cannot, it won't change. Amen? It will not change. It will always be there. Number 24 says, Therefore I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. So all you have to do is start to believe that you have them. Amen? Get rid of the doubt. Have faith in God. Get rid of the doubt. Start to speak these things forth. 
When you speak what God is going to do, you speak life on your situation. And so have faith in God. Believe that you have already received it. If you believe you've already received it, you'll start acting like you have it. Amen. You'll do what healed people do. You'll do what what you do if you want to be married. You'll do what married people do. Amen. If you want to be a parent, you'll do what parents do. Amen. Hallelujah. No, it's not crazy. It's real. Hallelujah. You'll start to be these things that you say you want to be. If you say you want it, start acting it out, and it'll surely come. Let's drop down to verse number, let's see. I don't know where I want to go. Let's go to verse 26. And it says, well, let's do uh, 25. It says, and whenever you stand, stand praying. You don't stand complaining. You don't, that's not how you stand. When you stand, you are stand praying. You are standing expecting. You expect God to come anytime and answer that, that, um, that prayer. When you are standing, you are believing. Amen. When you're standing, you're not angry. Amen. See, you can get these little, it's little telltale signs when you are not where you're supposed to be. You know, the Lord told me a long time ago, he said, you can look at what the devil's doing and, and figure out if which side you're on. And so unbelief and, and fear and guilt and anxiousness, those things are of the devil. And so when you find yourself discouragement, so when you find yourself feeling these things, get in your word. Amen. Speak to these things. Speak to the mountain of fear. Fear go in Jesus' name. I refuse to have you. I refuse to allow you to invade my life. Start speaking out loud these things. Amen. Don't lose these foundational things that God taught us years ago. Because they still work. They got us where we are today. <laughs> A lot of people, I used to go around and just speak to everything, talk to everything, practice what I was going to say and what I was going to do. And I used to tell the devil off and tell him what I was going to do to him. And those things worked. Amen. <laughs> and I also told him what he wasn't going to do to me. Amen. And so <laughs> these things work. They work. But sometimes you know how it is. We get too, too mature and we get too prominent in the word to, to do these things anymore. But we have to always, um, you know, initiate these foundational things. I'm not saying go backwards, but I'm saying it's the foundational things that built us up and brought us where we are today. You need them. Amen. That's what's going to get you through. Because whatever got you there is going to keep you there and get you past this place where most people are right now. And that's sitting at this mountain waiting, and they've been here too long. Amen. But God knows how to move us. Hallelujah. You know, the biggest thing that I believe God is saying right now is to renew your mind. If you start thinking different, You'll start to do different things. Renew your mind in the word of God. Allow the word of God to 
uh, teach us and change us. Amen. Be ye transformed by the renewing of our minds. And so we have to have a renewed mind to move on past this mountain. I believe that this mountain that we're standing in front of is the last, the last step towards breakthrough. And so what we need to do is to have faith in God. Speak the promises forth. Put your word on the promise. Speak it forth to, to put life, speak life back into everything that we have. Speak life to it. Amen. And do not doubt in your heart. When you see things starting to, to sway your heart, you know when your heart is changing because you start doing different stuff. And you want to do something different than what you've been doing for 20 years. And your heart has get, gotten involved. Your heart has is, is gotten messed up. Amen? And don't ever let the devil put a root of, of bitterness or anger in your heart. But you'll start to get dissatisfied, just dissatisfied with everything. Now, I'm not talking about when things happen uh, in you, you know, because there's some uh, rough things that happen to us along the way. But I'm just talking about in general, when you just don't feel the same way. I've been there. And this is the time to get that stuff rooted out of your heart. Amen. Don't let the devil take over your heart because... Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speak, and you can't speak life to the promise if your heart is messed up. Amen? It will, it will never happen. You know, I've heard people say, well, I'm speaking the word, and I'm doing this, and I'm doing, but see, you can hear that they're, that's, you know, the spirit is wrong. And when the spirit is wrong, the heart is wrong. And so the abundance of the heart speak, the, the abundance of the heart will tell your mind what to say. Amen. And because where the where the the mind goes, the heart or the man, whatever, where the mind goes, the man follows. And so where where the heart is, the mind goes. And so it's just a vicious cycle. So just sit at the foot of the Lord. Sit at the foot of Jesus. Get all of that stuff straightened out. Let God empower you and infuse you with His strength. Amen. So that you can bring these things to pass. You can do your part and God can do his. God doesn't need us to do anything. He's God all by himself. But he wants to teach us along the way. Amen. He wants to teach us because we are part of the end time harvest and we have work to do for him. It's not all about just what we need and what we want. But it's also about what God wants. Amen. How about what he needs? Amen. And so God is, is looking for people who won't turn away from him, who will always come to him to be strengthened and empowered. And don't forget about the grace and mercy that he gives us to get these things done. You know, while you're, you're um, at this, the mountain and this place where you can't seem to push past, don't forget that for grace and mercy. Grace and mercy is always there to help us out. Amen? And you won't turn back because the grace of God will sustain you. It will enable you to keep moving forward if you allow it to. Amen? So don't get stuck at the crossroads. Don't get stuck at this mountain. Amen? Because it's no excuse. Because the Bible says here that it will move out of your way. Amen? Hallelujah. 
it has to move out of your way. Amen. You shall have them, Mark eleven twenty three says. It you will have them if you speak and believe. Keep your heart clean. You will have them. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. Let's go back to Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy one. Just want to finish up. We might uh, move from there again and then go back. Let's go to verse 21 in Deuteronomy 1. And it says, Look, the Lord your God has set the land before you. Go up and possess it as the Lord God of your fathers has spoken to you. And do not fear or be discouraged. See, when you're discouraged... Or full of fear, you cannot take the land. You can't possess the land. And this is why a lot of people are stuck at this mountain. Are y'all here today? Because they can't go forward. Every, anybody in here ever felt paralyzed? Like you don't know what, you can't go forward, you can't go backwards, and you don't know what to do. And you're wondering, did God say, even say this? Well, that's where the devil wants you. Did God really say? You know, he pulled that one on Eve. Did God really say? Amen. And this is how you get there. This is how you get there. You know, by fear and intimidation. Amen. Wondering if God is with you. You're afraid to possess the land because you don't know what to do. Amen. But God is, is answering his people. He says here, let's read it again in 21. Look, the Lord your God has set the land before you. Go up and possess it as the Lord God of your fathers has spoken to you. And do not fear or be discouraged. Just go and do it. Amen. Yeah, it's just as simple as that. <laughs> God, when God speaks a thing, it's already done for you. Think about that. God has possessed this land for you already. Amen. It's already done for you. Amen. All he wants you to do is get rid of the fear and start to believe him. Amen. Amen. But you have to break camp to do this. He's saying, get out of this mold. Come out of this place where you're stuck. You know, this mountain that's in front of you, blast it with the word of God. Speak life to your miracles. The thing that I promised you, speak life to it. Amen. Hallelujah. When God speaks a thing, it's already done. So all we have to do is do what he did. He spoke it into existence, and all we have to do is speak on it. Amen. You know, com command this thing to move out of your way. Because God has given me the necks of my enemy. He's told me, you know, that I have dominion and authority and power over the wickedness. Amen. So, you know, you command the devil to let go what God has already ordained you, what he's already promised you. Take a step toward the promise. Not, don't go backwards. Amen. And to take a step forward, it takes a lot of guts. And then when you get out there or, or get out of the boat, and once you get out of there, you'll see that there's nothing to fear. Amen. Hallelujah. 
See, the devil is always running game on people, trying to make mountains. See, some of these things, they're not mountains. The mountain is in our mind. Amen. And so we have to treat these things or these difficulties just like what they are. They're not hard things. Because nothing can can stop us from receiving what God has already ordained. Amen. These things just feel like mountains. Amen. Because for some reason, I think it's we're so sensitive to the things that we want from God that we shy away or we back up from it because we, in our minds, think it's a mountain and it's really not a mountain. It's not really a mountain. Is that making sense? But it seems like it because we're sensitive to it because that's what we want and we need. And so the devil build it up like it's a big, the big bad wolf. And it's not. And so we need to speak to it. Have faith in God. Do Mark eleven twenty three exactly what it says. Has faith, have faith in God. Well, I should say Mark eleven twenty two and 23. Have faith in God. Speak. And don't doubt. One person, no. <laughs> Everybody else taking a snooze. Amen. So take the steps. These are the steps that you take toward your miracle. Amen. Hallelujah. So God has already possessed these things for you. Amen. You've been through the wilderness. And that the wilderness is a process. Do you agree? Amen. So it's the time for the wilderness is over. Break camp. That means move. Amen. Hallelujah. <laughs> Take a step toward the promise. That's when you break camp. You say, I don't need to be here anymore. Amen. And see, that's what this little period is where you don't know what to do. And you feel like you're in a place where you need to move forward. You're ready to move forward. But you don't know what's taking God so long. And when you get like that, it's something he wants you to do. And we know it, but we don't know what to do. And this is when we need to sit at his feet. And sometimes he just wants our time. Spend time with God and he will truly give you the next step. And sometimes it's nothing to do but just worship God and thank him. Amen. Some, some, for some of us, that's our next step. Thank and Thank you, Lord. Thank Maybe he hasn't heard enough thank yous. I know I, I certainly hadn't made, made enough, a lot of time for thank you. Thank you, Father. I just praise you, and I just thank you for what you're doing in my life. I just thank you for healing me, setting me free, healing my kids. You know, sometimes it's just a, a, a small thing like worshiping and thanking God. That's some of our next step. And some people actually need to get out and do some things. Amen. But wherever we are, wherever God has us, he's teaching us as we go to process. So don't, don't dislike them. Don't hate the process. Everybody goes through a process. And I believe in this process we all meet mountains. But mountains can be moved. Amen. So go up and spy out the land. In other words, ask the Lord for a glimpse. Remember the Lord said he's going to give us a glimpse of the promise. Amen. Whatever it is that you need, he's going to give you a glimpse of that. It may be in a vision, in a dream. It may be in the natural. 
Who knows? I don't know. But I know one thing. If you go towards your vision, God will, uh, if you go towards the, the, the uh, promise, God will give you a vision. Amen. And he'll show you, you know, he'll actually show you what you need to do. He really will. He won't leave you out to dry like this. You know, it's like I've done good and it's been a lot of years and I get here and I feel like I can't move anymore. But God is with you and he'll show you. Amen. So if you've been if you've been at the mountain of heaviness too long or if you've been at the mountain of unforgiveness, bitterness or fear too long, whatever your mountain is, some people it's just these mountains are just things that they're experiencing. Amen. And you don't know how to push past it. God can heal you. Amen. Amen. Have you dwelt at the mountain of shame too long or guilt or condemnation? See, we've been here too long in these things. You know, in the land of uh, um, where you don't know how to make decisions, uh, indecision or whatever you call it. It, it. Whatever your mountain is, you've been there too long. God says you've been there too long. Amen. Hallelujah. So, you know, when we get to a mountain, we tend to dwell there. And God is saying, you've been there too long. Sometimes your mountain is pride or jealousy or self-pity or negativity or anger. Amen. Whatever it is, let it go. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. God says it's time to let it go. Amen. You've been dwelling there too long. Let's go to, let's drop down to 26. Let's see. Verse 26. And it says, nevertheless, you would not go up, but rebelled against the command of the Lord your God. And you complained. Is this feeling of, you, anybody getting a clue here? Did you do any rebelling? So verse 26 says you've rebelled. Verse 26 says, and you've complained in your tent and said, because the Lord hates us. You know, God don't want to do nothing for me. It ain't nothing. This, this word don't work. How many of you ever felt that? Amen. Amen. See, see, that's why I'm telling you to break camp. <laughs> break camp. Amen. God says you complain in your tents and said because the Lord hates us, he has brought us out of the land of Egypt to deliver us into the hands of the Amorites to destroy us. <laughs> Anybody ever been there? Verse 28. It says, uh, where can we go up? Our brethren have discouraged our hearts. Not somebody else's fault. I've been discouraged. Pastor Barb and Pastor Shirley, you know, they discouraged us. They told us don't go up or whatever it is. The devil's going to always put a story in there for you. Amen. You know, anything but go up. Anything but go up and take the land. Amen. It's somebody else's fault. Well, see, I, my father left when I was 10. It's always something. But see, you'd be surprised when you get at this place, you know, where this mountain, this one last mountain is in your way, you'd be surprised what come out of your imagination. I can't do it because. Amen. The people are greater and, and taller than we. 
And the cities uh, are great and fortified up to heaven. You know, they go all the way up to heaven. Moreover, we have seen the sons of the Anakin there. And then I said to you, do not be terrified uh, or afraid of them. And the Lord your God who goes before you, he will fight for you according to all he did for you in Egypt before your eyes. See, what we do is we forget. We quickly forget the last miracle God performed. Like he can't do nothing for us and we forget. Amen. But he's the same God yesterday, today, and forevermore. He's the same God that woke you up this morning. He is the same God that can perform a miracle for you. This this same Jesus. He has never changed. Amen. He is the same God that's telling you to have faith in me. Amen. Get your hearts right. Don't let discouragement settle in your heart. Take a leap of faith. Leave this place where you are and take a step closer to me. Amen. And do not fear. He's always telling people not to fear because he knows that the devil's going to throw fear at us in a minute. Verse 31. And in the wilderness where you saw how the Lord your God carried you as a man carries his son in all the ways that you went until you came to this place. Yet for all that you did, all that you did not believe <laughs> the Lord in the Lord your God. I think I read that wrong. Let me do 31 again. And in the wilderness where you saw how the Lord your God carried you as a man carries his son in all the way that you went until you came to this place. Yet for all that you did, all that you did not believe, the, and for all this you did not believe the Lord your God. So in other words, you saw miracles. You saw the Red Sea part. You saw the quail and the, what else was that? Manna from heaven, yeah. You saw all of these miracles, yet you did not believe, and you still don't believe. And so what we have to do is we have to believe and remember the last miracle that God did for us. He is the same God that's going to bring them out. And so they got to a place where I think they let uh, discouragement take over, and they just didn't want to believe God anymore. They were tired. They was they were in uh, they weren't spiritual people, and they just wanted to go back to Egypt, where Pharaoh gave them a little bit of food and did whatever he did, and they they just wanted to go back. It's kind of like this: a blessing no longer looked like a blessing, and when that happens, people never want to keep going forward. They want to go back to where they're comfortable. Amen. And these people were comfortable under Pharaoh. They did not like going through the wilderness. And it had been 40 years. But they never understood that the 40 years were their fault. You know, because they refused to get their hearts right. They refused to obey God. They refused to be satisfied with what God was giving them. They always wanted more. See, they let their natural circumstances take over. And, they, and those natural circumstances started to become more real 
than the, than the real thing. They started to allow their flesh to cry out for what it wanted and didn't really need because he gave them their needs. Their needs were met, but they uh, refused to just let that be enough, and they wanted more. They wanted something different than what God had offered them, and it caused discouragement. Amen? Do you know we can cause discouragement to come ourselves? We cause discouragement because we don't get in line with the word. We refuse to obey God because it's too hard. Well, that, that got a silence. <laughs> Amen. Verse 32. Verse 32, it says, Yet for all that, you did not believe the Lord your God. See, that's where we are with God. Now you see why the mountain seemed impassable? It seemed impassable. Because they were blaming God for everything. They didn't understand the things that they had done. They didn't understand that they weren't believing God. They were in fear. Amen. They let everything, they put everything before God. They were living in the natural. They had no spiritual growth. Very disobedient people. Why? Because they grumbled too much. Can you do you believe murmuring and complaining can get you on the wrong, wrong side of God? And I'm telling you, when you complain and you murmur too much, you'll start seeing. If you look back, if you're smart, and you'll say, "Now, okay, something's not right here. I've gone backwards." You know, as things will start happening, that's from complaining. Amen. You know, it's just a little offense. It ain't too bad, but it's bad enough to put you back, make you go backwards. Amen murmuring and complaining and this is how they got discouraged at this mountain and they just did not want to go any further verse 33 who went in the way before you to search out a land a place for you to pitch your tents to show you the way you should go in the fire by night and in the cloud by day god is just showing them everything that he did for them and they still do not trust and believe in God. Amen. But I'm saying to you, and I believe God is saying, do not let your past dictate your future any longer. Amen. Take the first step. Take a step of faith. Take a step toward where God is. Step out of the boat. Amen. And go to the other side. This is what God is saying. Break camp. Do the things that you know you're supposed to do. Stop trying to dwell in those tents and hide from God. And this is what they were doing. Amen. They didn't want to follow any more instructions like they had followed any. Amen. And so God is saying that he will never leave you. He will not lead you in a place where you don't need to be. He has a plan and a purpose for your life. Amen. No mountain is too big that you can't get over it. Keep saying, keep trying, keep speaking. Amen. We try and we miss it sometimes, but don't quit. Amen. Our biggest problem is rebellion and fear. Our biggest problem. And those are things that's easy to overlook. Amen. But God sees these things. And these things can turn into the, the rebellion and the, the anger is bigger than the mountain. 
amen because they create the mountain and so we need to do whatever it is that god is telling us to do so that we can plow through this thing that's stopping us or standing in our way of victory amen like abraham he did things his own way with his plan b amen hallelujah but god worked it out for him anyway so even even though these things happen although we're disobedient and we mess up the thing is we need to keep going anyway we need to know that god forgives us and he loves us and he'll still re um remap what's that thing the gps when you make a wrong turn he'll reroute he'll reroute your life when you mess up amen but see we don't have faith in that and so we don't repent we don't take knowledge of what we do wrong you know why because we didn't hear the first instruction we don't know some of us don't know how we got in this mountain it's just a mountain in front of us amen (laughs) but i'm telling you god will help you no mountain is too big amen rebellion and fear will come in and try to overtake us but god is on the throne but god he'll he'll help us even when we mess up so he helped abraham with his plan b amen when we bring trouble to ourselves like guilt and condemnation condemnation you know and that stuff falls upon us that's our that comes from us guilt and condemnation comes from on the inside of us and then what we do rather than to repent or apologize to somebody if needed we internally we carry it internally and then we're mad at god because it's hardened our hearts you know condemnation and guilt can harden your heart amen but god said uh, in a, a case like um what's his name jonah he says go to nineveh jonah and what did he do went the other way amen because fear and intimidation and it caused him to go the other way amen we let little things you see how these things can become mountains in front of us and they're caused by us and and usually all we need to do is acknowledge it and repent amen but one thing about jonah he caused his own trouble see when you cause your own trouble god can still get you out of trouble amen but the first thing is acknowledging that it's you that's the hardest place to get to but you know what jonah said he said i caused this thing remember when they they uh he said throw me overboard i caused this thing amen let's go there um let's go to jonah uh jonah chapter one let's read a little bit we've read it before but let's go back let's read it again he says i caused these this thing so what that's telling me is we need to acknowledge when we mess up and so many times we don't and when we don't we don't get quick deliverance amen i have caused this thing amen but what did god do he still didn't let the storm overtake him if he did that for jonah he'll do the same thing for you if you mess up if you you don't do what you're supposed to do god will still work it out for your good 
Okay, so in Jonah 1, uh, verse 17, I think. No, verse 12. And it says, And he said to them, Pick me up and throw me into the sea, and then the sea will become calm for you. For I know that this great tempest is because of me. Are y'all here? And so he's saying, look, I'm the cause of this thing. I know I messed up. I know I caused this great storm. Just throw me overboard. Because, see, we all really know when we mess up. Oh, amen. But we just, we, we don't feel comfortable enough with God to fix it because of condemnation. And that's what we're talking about. Condemnation would tell you just, just go the opposite way of God. Run from God because you messed up too bad. But God is showing us in this story that no matter how bad you mess up, he is still with you. Amen. He'll send rescue squad. Amen. He'll send a rescue squad for you no matter how much you mess up. He will still help you. See, God doesn't abandon us like people. He don't do that. When we mess up, you know, and see, when we mess up or when you mess up, people are supposed to forgive you and keep moving with you. But what do we do? We dump each other. God don't do that. Amen. He had every right to dump Jonah because Jonah was real weird. He paid money. He paid money to get away from God because he had to buy a ticket. And then he hid in the most lower part of the boat and went to sleep, hoping nobody ever found him. Amen. But when the ship ran into a storm and the crew started saying, well, who's done anything against God? Somebody's God is angry. He knew it was him. And that's why he said, throw me overboard. Amen. But God never, he never does us like that. But he knew he was the cause. Amen. So let's see. I think I was in 13. It says, nevertheless, the men rode harder to return to land. But they could not. For the sea continued to grow more tumultuous against them. Therefore, they cried out to the Lord and said, we pray, O Lord, please do not let us perish for this man's life and do not um, charge us with innocent blood. For you, O Lord, have done as it pleased you. Fifteen, so they picked up Jonah and threw him into the sea. In other words, they didn't want to, but they did. It was necessary. (laughs) Very necessary. And the sea ceased from its raging. Amen. Now, in 16, it says, Then the men feared the Lord exceedingly and offered a sacrifice to the Lord and took vows. Amen. In other words, they vowed to serve God. That won a couple souls. Amen. Not how God planned it, but it worked. Verse 17, now the Lord had prepared a great fish to swallow Jonah. You see it says, and now God had prepared. See, God has a plan. That's what that means. Amen? Praise God. And God had prepared a great fish to swallow Jonah. And Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. Hallelujah. 
let's see, I guess I'll keep reading. And then Jonah prayed to the Lord, his, um, his God, from the fish belly. So in other words, it was like being in hell. That was his personal hell, and he prayed to the Lord. And he said, I cried out to the Lord because of my affliction, and he answered me. Out of the, out of the belly of soul, see, that's hell, I cried. And you heard my voice. Now, why is God hearing somebody that was so disobedient and went the other way running from him? Because that's how God is. Amen. He doesn't match evil for evil. He doesn't do that. Amen. He doesn't do something stupid because when we, they did that, I'm going to do this to them. That's not our God. Amen. Thank God he's not like that. He doesn't retaliate on his people. So Jonah did dumb stuff, but God still came through from, for him. Amen. So let's see, verse 3, it says, For you cast me into the deep, into the heart of the sea, and the flood surrounded me. All your billows and your waves passed over me. And then I said, I have been cast out of your sight. Amen. Now Jonah's going over his shabby life and he's trying to figure out how god feels about him because he's been disobedient amen hallelujah so in other words uh, jonah is cursing himself with his mouth amen that's something we don't need to do look when if, if god if you're disobedient god knows how to deal with you you'll need to spank yourself God knows how to spank you. Trust me. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. So let's keep reading verse 5. And it says, um, The waters surround me, even my soul. The deep closed around me, and weeds were trapped around my head. And I went down to the moorings of the mountain. It's one way to get around it. Amen. And it says, and the earth with its bars closed behind me forever. Yet you have brought up my life from the pit. Honey, when you go to the deepest part of the pit, God will bring you out. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. He says, and when my soul fainted within me, I remembered the Lord. Hallelujah. In, in other words, he's saying, look, I'm about to lose my mind in here, but I know I can feel your presence, Lord. I'm guilty, but you still didn't, you didn't push me away. I know I can feel your presence. He says, and my prayers went up to you into your holy temple. In verse 8, verse 8 says, those who regard worthless idols forsake their own mercy. Amen. Worthless idols. In other words, get rid of the idols. Jonah looking back, he said, nothing is more important than where I am right now. And getting back, getting back with God. Nothing else. Do you, amen. These things in the middle, these things in the middle mean nothing. Amen. Hallelujah. Forsake their own mercy. But I will sacrifice to you with the voice of thanksgiving. See, there's that thanks. And I will pay what I have vowed. Salvation is of the Lord. So the Lord spoke to the fish and it vomited Jonah onto the dry land. Amen. 
and see Jonah really what he did he went through all of his his um guilt all of the things that he did wrong he went through that but then he also started to pro uh, prophesy his own future because after he started to tell God I think it was in verse 5 6 and 7 of, of chapter 2 it's, it's uh, in verse th- verse 2 verse chapter 2 verse 2 when he said I cried out to the Lord because of my affliction and he answered me and out of the belly of soul I cried and you heard my voice for you cast me into the deep into the heart of the sea see what he was doing is he was really confessing with his mouth what he had done and then like in verse um seven and eight nine and ten he started to prophesy his own deliverance because jonah started to see what he did wrong are y'all here he started to see now don't tell me you can't prophesy your deliverance see that y'all was supposed to pick up on that pick up on that (laughs) and say okay so when you start to go through what you did wrong just you and god and start to repent and and say out loud and talk to god like he's your best friend and say well you know i I did this and this and this and I, i when you told me to go to Nineveh I got on a on a ship and I went the other way and that was wrong and when you start to confess these things you know and and all of your complaints you hand them back to God then God will start to motivate your heart to forgive yourself because he needed to do that amen so guilt and condemnation doesn't take take root and so this is what was happening with Jonah and he started to prophesy his own deliverance when he started he tore himself down but then he started to build himself back up because he knew that god was a forgiving god he had never been in that place with god before y'all understand he had never been in that closeness and see this is where god wants us to live every day he wants us to live in that closeness where when you do something wrong you don't need somebody else to tell you you don't need for somebody to bring it to your attention the holy spirit speaks it to you and you confess it out amen and you repent and you feel so close to god that you know that you know that you know that he has forgiven you and that there is life at the end of this tunnel and so you feel comfortable in him that you haven't overlooked it and you start to prophesy the good things about god because you start to feel the refreshing that's what he did he felt the refreshing amen it came over him and he started to arise so he broke camp in other words let's go to chapter three hallelujah verse one it says now the word of the lord came to jonah the second time are y'all here (laughs) are y'all getting this it's like this when you disobey god i don't care if it take 20 or 30 years when you get your mind straight he's gonna still tell you to do the same thing amen i don't care how many hells you visit when the push come to shove 
he, it said he had been through all of this, you know, prophesying his, well, anyway, when, when the, well, let's, let's go back for those of you that I lost. Verse 10 of, of chapter 2, it says, so the Lord spoke to the fish and it vomited Jonah onto dry land. Got him out of his dilemma. Amen. And so after that, in chapter 3, verse 1, he said a second time the same thing he told him in chapter 1. He said, go to Nineveh. Are y'all here? Amen. So God's instructions never change for all of you that's in the dark. His instructions never change. If it takes you 20 years to do first step, he's not going to jump to step two. You're going to stay at step one until you get it. Amen. And this is what happened to Jonah. He knew, he felt God's presence. He knew he had gotten God's deliverance, but he thought the instruction was going to be different. Okay, well, you can go home. No, you can't go home. Go to Nineveh. Amen. Same instruction. And it says in 3 verse 1, it says, then. The word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time, saying, Arise and go to Nineveh, that great city, and preach to it the message that I tell you. Hallelujah. So, in verse 3, it says, And Jonah arose and went to Nineveh. He didn't go the opposite way the second time. He went to Nineveh according to the word of the Lord. And now Nineveh was an exceedingly great city, a three-day journey in extent. And Jonah began to enter the city on the first day's walk. And then he cried out and said, yet 40 days, yet 40 days, and Nineveh shall be overthrown. Now what is that? Back to the arrogance, back to the judgment, back to the I don't want to do this. This is a wicked city. See, in other words, he was trying to prophesy Nineveh's demise. I don't want to be here. Same devil. Amen. He got delivered in the belly of the fish, but he still had the same mindset. These people are unworthy of me. I don't want to be here. Amen. And I don't want to go, but I'm not going to go backwards because God will put me in a storm. He got that much sense. But he still didn't feel like the people of Nineveh was worthy. But I won't read the whole thing, but as you know, that city changed. God didn't have to punish anybody because they heard the word of the Lord. Now, what does that tell us? That tells us that when God sends you somewhere, he prepares the people. He prepares the hearts, amen? He prepares the hearts of the people to receive you when he sends you somewhere and those that he sends, he equips amen and so god already turned the heart of the people in nineveh towards the word of god and that's why he got victory amen he got victory when he opened his mouth but see that's what we we don't how can i put it we don't know or we judge we don't judge god faithfully and we don't judge him right. Because why would he send him to Nineveh to a people that would not receive what he was going to say? See, when God sends you, he equips you. But he prepares the hearts of the people to receive what you're saying. Amen. 
God doesn't do half a job. He does the whole job. And he did everything that uh, was needed for Jonah to get victory in whatever he called him to do. Amen. So move out in obedience. Amen. And get your breakthrough. Cry out to God like Jonah did when he was in the belly. Don't wait till you get in the belly of a whale. But cry out to God. And God will answer you just like he answered uh, Jonah. Um, Amen. And so God is saying in this uh, hour to his people, arise and, and, and put on strength. Awake. Amen. Because he's got work for us to do. So get delivered. Don't stay at this mountain any longer. Receive your deliverance from God. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Simply depend on God. Spend time with God. Hallelujah. To find out your next step. That's all this is about. What step do I take next, God? And God is saying, spend time with me like Jonah, even though he had to capture Jonah and put Jonah in the belly of a whale to sit him down long enough to get the full understanding of what he had called him to do. Amen. And so God is saying in this hour, I will give you all the information you need. I will help you because you need to get back on course and get this job finished. Amen. Hallelujah. So although some things, you know, you run into these storms, the storms of life may try to take you over. But I'm telling you that God is with you to give you information, to give you everything that you need to get you back on track. Amen. So, let's see. God is telling us to stand and press forward in faith and possess your land. Amen. We've been told to possess our land for the last 20 years. Amen. Hallelujah. Now, some things, some of these uh, miracles are uh, on a set schedule. And so I think that uh, now is the time. We know God has told us in more ways than one that now is the time for your breakthrough. It's past time. God is blessing his people every day. Amen. So don't sit at this mountain a day longer. Amen. God has given us permission to come out. Amen. And to do like Jonah. He prophesied his deliverance. Speak to the mountain. Put your put faith, your faith out there and speak life to that dead situation. Amen. Speak life to whatever it is that God has promised you. You speak life to it and God is with you. It's just like God speaking to it. Amen. Because we have the same anointing that he has. We inherited it from him. So you can possess your land, but don't retreat and don't stay in the camp because God is really kicking you out of the camp. Amen. So move forward. Amen. And this is where people either quit or leave or go the other way because they think everybody is the problem. Amen. And it's and the problem is is that we don't know what our next move is. And so we get discouraged and disgruntled and nothing feels right is because you need to move forward with God. Get his plan, his purpose. Well, how do I do that? I just told you. Amen. Just like Jonah did. He wanted to go the other way. And so we've gone 
the other way for long enough. And God is saying it is now time to move into the blessing. Amen. Hallelujah. God gave us Amos 9.13. People won't receive it. And that's part of, of, of the victory right there. Amen. So everybody, um, you know, it's not the problem. But you have to deal with God one-on-one. Um, let's see, where am I at? So let's, let's just look a little bit, and I want to give you some examples of some people that were where we were, where we are, and they didn't let it hold them back. Amen. They had bad rep. They did some bad things. In fact, they were worse than us. David, you know, he... Let's see. David was a, uh, a murderer and a fornicator and whatever else you want to say. But he also became king. And that was because he trusted God. Amen. He didn't stay in, a, in a, uh, that mindset of a murderer. He received his deliverance. Amen. He trusted more in who God said he was than who people saw him as amen and he went on to victory he didn't stay in the camp too long he didn't stay at the mountain wondering if the mountain was going to be moved or if god was going to move that mountain for him but he pressed forward god said he was a man after his own heart and that was because he knew how to minister to the lord and allow the lord to minister to him so he didn't he didn't keep himself in a um a carnal uh atmosphere but he kept himself in a spiritual atmosphere where he could hear god's voice god could hear his and he could allow god to minister to him he david knew that his steps were ordered and he wrote the psalm that says the step of steps of a righteous man are ordered by God. And see, David understood these things. And although he messed up and he wasn't a perfect person, he knew how to go to God for the next step. For the next step. Because he knew that the steps of a righteous man were ordered. Even though we make mistakes. Amen. And God will get you back on course. He will get you, okay, he'll get you back on course eat, no matter how much we mess up. In other words, he'll reroute you. He'll reroute your destination. Amen. And he will get you where you need to be. Our God is bigger than our mistakes. If we could just understand that. And he's bigger than other people's mistakes. He's just bigger. He's bigger than all of this stuff. And we need to allow God to be who he is. Amen. So we've looked at uh, Jodah, we've looked at David, and now let's look at Abraham again, amen, because we said he messed up. He, he fornicated, and he did all of these things, had a baby out of wedlock, and lied and said Sarah was his wife, I mean his sister instead of his wife. And did he take Lot, take a relative with him when he was told not to? Amen. But through all of these things, and he delayed his promise, like a lot of us have done. He delayed the promise. But through all of this, God loved Abraham and accounted it him for righteousness because he obeyed God. Amen. 
and then he obeyed God so much to the point where it caused us to receive an inheritance. I will make you father of many. Amen. And because he knew that God had said father of many, he had spoken that over him. He received it. He did not forget that word. Although he could have allowed condemnation and guilt to talk him out of that promise. But he didn't. He kept that promise before him. And, and, and God told him when he would forget, look up and look down. Amen. And so as many as the sand was on the seashore, he says, I'm the father of that many people. And so he knew that he was the father of a nation of people that he had never seen before. But he took God at his word. Amen. Now let's look at Moses. Moses made too many mistakes. Amen. He, he killed that man. I think he cut his ear off and then fled. Is he the one? I don't know. No, he didn't. Do, he killed the man and fled to the wilderness. And stayed 40 years. Nobody even was looking for him. He was in fear. And see, fear can grip us so tightly that we think somebody is after us when ain't nobody after you. You after you. You after yourself. And so he had an imaginary assailant, <laughs> if I can say that. And it kept him in hiding for 40 years. And you know what? He was 80 before he started his ministry, all because of foolishness. But God used him anyway. Amen. God will use you anyway. Moses led the Israelites through the wilderness. And Moses also became a man after God's own heart that loved these people. And these people were bogus. But he loved them. He stood uh, in front of God before for them. And he also wanted to take their punishment. He went to God on behalf of the Israelites. Amen. And he became their leader. He really was their God, so to speak. He would even repent for them if he could. And so Moses come a long way from eating wild berries and locusts. He had come a long way from being in the wilderness hiding out from the general public because he thought people were after him. And God caused a bush. He, God can use anything. Caused a bush to explode in his face. And the bush was not consumed. And when that happened, he knew that the God of all, all creation was calling and speaking to him. Amen. God will find you wherever you go. Amen. He will find you wherever you cannot get away from God. I believe most of the people, the Christians, uh, where God is trying to prep us for an end time harvest. And they're sitting at, the, at a place where there's this big mountain in the way and they don't know which way to go. Amen. And I'm just talking to you spiritual people. You ain't spiritual, I ain't talking to you. And you don't know what to do. You don't know what turn to make. And, and God is saying, I am here. Just trust me. He says, have faith in me. Amen. And he's saying, speak, speak, the, the, speak life to the promise. And what's that last one? I, don't doubt. Y'all knew I didn't remember. Said, look at her. Look, she don't remember. And don't doubt. So if we would do these things, God is already telling us in this message what we need to do. And if we will take care of these things, 
God will meet us before we get to the other side. He would meet us and gladly help us unto our next, um, our next instructions. Because we don't get new instructions until we finish the old ones. Amen. Hallelujah. I just want to talk about one more person after Moses and that's Saul. And he was, Saul was a, a murderer of Christians. He, he was the person that crucified Christians, you know, because of their belief. He, if there was a Christian, he would knock on doors and ask people to turn other people in if they were serving God, you know. But he, he, he changed on the road to Damascus, as you know. And he changed so much so that God changed his name from Saul to Paul. And then he wound up writing two-thirds of the New Testament. So you see how when it looks like the end of the road for you, it's not the end of the road. Amen. Hallelujah. It's really not the end of the road. Don't go by how things look. Amen. Jonah thought he would never get out of the belly of the whale. But that was just a place where God put him where he could hear his voice. Amen. Just don't ever back God into a corner where he had to throw you somewhere that's not good, a pit or whatever. You know, he spoke to Paul when Paul was in, the, in jail all the time. He did his greatest ministry in jail. Well, I won't say his greatest, but I don't know about that. But he did ministry in jail and out of jail. Amen. And I know something happened, a miracle happened when the, the wall shook because of his praises to the Lord. And it changed things. And that's where household salvation came into effect. Amen. And so never underestimate and don't begrudge where God has you. You know, because I've learned that sometimes God, I'm in a place where God is trying to speak to me. And I'm praying for certain things and God is trying to talk to me and I'm not listening. So we need to go back and listen to God. And whatever God is telling us to do, no matter how hard it seems to do. Obey God. Amen. Don't get on the wrong side of God where he's got to have a bush blow up in your face or you swallowed by a whale. But just obey God. This is not a hard thing to do. Christianity is very easy. We make it hard, you know, because we, we just allow ourselves to get caught up in so many different things that's not pleasant. But it's not supposed to be like that. This is supposed to be the best times of our lives. Amen. And it is the best time of our life. So God is training us to go out there and be uh, win souls for him. The greatest harvest ever seen lies before us. But we have to get fixed first. Amen. We can't give what we don't have. Amen. And we have to allow God to prep us and prepare us for what's to come. Amen. So why don't we stop? Father, we just thank you, Lord, that we will finish and may the eternal.